This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 411. Thank you for taking the time once again to join me. And we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review. That helps other people discover this podcast that you've been enjoying for a while, hopefully. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Telstra announces its bold 5G plans. Apple has confirmed the iPhone 12 will be delayed. And Arlo has launched a new affordable wire-free security camera. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Intel Mini PC. We also road test the new Panasonic noise-cancelling wire-free earphones and also check out the Waterpik Sonic Fusion. This is the world's first toothbrush that can brush your teeth and floss them at the same time. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Before we get on to Telstra's 5G plans, I should talk about the outage that uh, that on that occurred on the Sunday, uh, August the second, and a lot of disconnected a lot of people. This was a it was a Sunday. Some people are in lockdown, including in Victoria, and they had no internet. Uh, Telstra was saying that initially there they they thought it was a DOS attack, a dedicated denial of service attack on their domain name server. So they were, they they identified that problem. So the the DNS, the domain name server, is what's used to route its online traffic. Now, what a denial of service attack does. So this the attacker targets the serve the servers with more requests than it can actually handle. So what they're trying to do is drown the server and basically what happens is the server shuts down and mission accomplished from the cyber attacker. Um, so think of it like whenever this happens, the server, it's like getting a kink in your hose if you're trying to wash your car or water the garden. If there's a kink in the hose, the water won't get through. That's kind of what the, the DOS, the DDOS was trying to do, the denial of service. Turns out though that it wasn't a, a DOS attack. Uh, that they were that they thought it was so it wasn't a, a anything malicious uh, and the message they sent out uh, the, I'll read it to you the massive messaging storm that presented as a denial of service cyber attack has been investigated by our security teams and we now believe that it was not malicious but a domain name server issue well that's uh, some uh, customers that were not happy to hear about that. Uh, it was about, I think, a three or four hour outage on a Sunday uh, when you've got nothing else to do. I guess that's that's not the best, but Telstra customers were reconnected late in the afternoon. By mid-afternoon, they were back online. But that's a pretty big blue blaming a denial of service attack. And it was actually your own fault. There's some an issue with your server. Anyway, let's move on, though, with something positive that Telstra has done. And they've, they've made some uh, a pretty bold announcements. Actually, Andy Penn who is the Telstra CEO, on, uh, in a blog on their website, uh, outlined their 5G rollout plans. And they, he announced that they've already covered a third of the Australian population with 5G. So you can now, a third of the Australian population, 
can access the Telstra 5G network. But he went further and set a pretty aggressive goal to expand the Telstra 5G network to 75% coverage as soon as June next year. So June 2021, which is less than, that's what's that, 10 months away, they will have, they hope to have, 75% 5G coverage in Australia. Now, 5G is is really moving fast. Uh, Telstra, of course, not the only telco that's rolling out 5G. Uh, and the biggest benefit of 5G uh, is the device speed, the lower latency, or, or otherwise known as signal lag. And according according to Penn, the Telstra boss, he was saying that 5G speeds right now are about double that of 4G devices, and it's only going to get faster as the network grows. He's saying that potentially speeds could reach up to 10 times this current speeds of 4G and latency improved by a factor of 10. So pretty interesting how uh, this, the, 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 what, what we can expect from 5G. I think a lot of people probably haven't experienced 5G yet and those that have, it's pretty patchy still. Uh, not everyone's a Telstra customer, of course, but Telstra customers may tell you a different story. There is there was some there is some coverage around depending on where you are in Australia. But what's really going to ramp up five G adoption, and Telstra's banking on this, is the new iPhone, which will be a five G device. Now I'm going to talk about the iPhone 12 and its delay in the next segment, next part of the program. But for now. Telstra knows, probably it's the, probably the worst kept secret, that the next iPhone will be a 5G device and that will really drive adoption as well. Currently, Telstra says they've got more than 210,000 customers uh, consuming 5G services. So they're connected to, their plans are connected to 5G, so they've obviously got a 5G device and they're saying they're expecting that number to increase dramatically when the 5G iPhone 12 is released later this year. But Penn also went on to discuss the possibilities of 5G, and he's talking about various things, including telehealth, working and studying from home, e-commerce. He's saying that it'll 5G will bring all of those things to a whole new level. He He said that, uh, imagine being able to join meetings or classrooms from home using virtual or augmented reality. Imagine wearable tech that will generate health data in in real time so your doctor can spot any medical issues you may have. Or how about a connected, lag-free experience across multiple devices from your home to your car or to your study or home office? Now, what we currently, some of those things we currently think is the job of the NBN, but 5G is already outstripping it for speed and will also be, uh, that's another capability of 5G is its capacity, just the sheer amount of traffic it can have, as well as the latency. That was the big thing that was sort of the big hindrance of 4G being a serious competitor to the NBN was its latency. And that's the delay from something happening at one end of the network to the other. 5G does away with that. So Telstra is obviously positioning 5G as being the facilitator of these new experiences, like including things like 
uh, of fleets of autonomous drones to deliver your groceries or whatever you've ordered on Amazon or wherever you do your shopping. Or imagine being able to watch sport or a concert or the theatre or a family gathering using virtual reality. That's a big push, I think. He's, uh, virtual augmented reality is a big, big part of the roadmap for, for Telstra. But the thing is, though, 5G, use cases of 5G, some, maybe we haven't even discovered some other use cases of 5G. So as, as Telstra, Telstra wants to make expand that coverage, it's going to open up the possibilities in that area. So 75% of the population by June 2021, very ambitious goal. Now, a lot of people may ask, well, how are they going to pay for that? Who, who's, isn't, isn't that, it's quite a big operation. It's one thing to say it, but another thing to actually achieve it and to fund it. So what Telstra has decided to do was to bring forward $500 million of capital expenditures. This is, this is money they had earmarked for the second half of 2021. So that what they've done is they've brought that into the 2020 calendar year to help accelerate this rollout, to achieve that 75% coverage by June next year. Telstra want to be the first. They, they were the first to have 5G, the first to offer a 5G device. They want to be the first to 75%. So it's kind of, they're pulling out all the stops here. They do want to make that make that happen and and stand out from their opposition so they're, they're well on their way and our current situation with with uh, with covid lockdowns and this whole pandemic has actually proven proven his point about how important connectivity is for everybody whether it's through the nbn or through your the 5g network and we're already seeing that telstra has already offered extra data to customers so that they can always have a connection during during these times. And in fact, their plans have all been revamped with an average uh, extra 30 gigabytes of data for customers. And, and now customers moving forward will be, will be brought onto these new plans. So basically getting more data for the same price. So 5G obviously is faster, so we're going to use more data and use it faster. So they've refreshed its their plans by up to 30 gig of extra data. What they've also done too is they've when, when 5G was first launched uh, in tw- I think it was late 2018 now, they were talking about uh, by the middle of 2019 of introducing, actually no, it was by the middle of this year, of introducing a fee to access. 5G. So if you're a Telstra customer, you got a 5G device, you would have, what, what they were planning was what I call the 5G tax. So there might have been an additional fee, a separate fee for being, being able to access the Telstra 5G network. They've since confirmed they're doing away with that. They are not going to include a separate fee. So whether you're using a 4G device or a 5G device, the plans will be the same price. So you're not getting slugged for have to having having a 5G device. So that, that, that's another positive step forward. But Telstra, some very bold plans there on what they're planning to do 5G-wise. Uh, and, and the iPhone 12 uh, is going to be a big shot in the arm for the network and the other 5G networks as well. They're not going to be just exclusive to Telstra. But 5G is going places, and Telstra are very keen to get there first. If you want to read more about Telstra's 5G rollout, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. 
Now, we did mention the iPhone 12 in the previous segment about Telstra and its 5G hopes. Uh, the iPhone 12 will be 5G. I think that's pretty much a given that uh, it will have a different design. It will have a squarer, less rounded design. But more, if you can remember the iPhone 4 and 5, which had those sort of the, the flat edges with the stainless steel around the edges. The iPhone 4, remember, was the one that had the antenna gate where if you grip the phone, the death grip, they called it, that you would lose bars, signal bars. That That's going back to 2010 where that was a, that was an issue. Uh, but Apple soon got, a, got over that. It really didn't stop the progress of the iPhone. But the design, though, is making a comeback. It is going to have that more sort of boxier look rather than the curved edges. It is going to have a bit more of an angular design. But the big news, though, is the fact that we are likely, and Apple confirmed this, it will be delayed. Now, the normal release window for an iPhone is an event sometime in September, normally mid-September, and a couple of weeks later, it goes on sale, and that that's what normally happens. Last year with the iPhone 11, they had a, an event mid-September, then by late September, I think pre-order started a week before release and then everyone went nuts and bought the new iPhone 11 and 11 Pro. And that's the normal, that was in normal times, I'm going to say. Now in the COVID world, that has changed. And Apple confirmed this. It, they basically confirmed what we already knew, that they were facing delays and the Apple CFO, their chief financial officer, Louis Maestri, he said, uh, and I'll read you what he said, last year we started selling new iPhones in late September. This year we expect supply to be available a few weeks later. Now he said this in an earnings call to investors. So that's kind of Apple confirming the fact that you won't be seeing an iPhone in that, that traditional end of September, early October window. It's going to be a few weeks later. By that, that could be anything from four weeks to eight weeks. Uh, I think Apple obviously wanted to be able to bring the new iPhone 12 5G device that it will be. They want to bring that to customers as soon as possible. But it was kind of that those plans were were badly badly uh, brought off track because of the coronavirus and and not only Apple themselves, their own factories, but also their suppliers. You got to remember. It does take it, it takes a lot of companies to contribute their components to to make the final product, and that supply chain was also severely uh, affected as well. So there were a lot of companies who produced things like the lens, the glass for the the camera lens, and components for the motherboard, and and various other ports and things that 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 Apple need to put this the iPhone 12 together. So they were disrupted as well. And when, when Apple is planning production of a phone like this, they want to have millions of units ready to sell on day one. And you don't just do that overnight. That takes months of planning. Normally, uh, when we're for a late September launch, they're normally in full production as early as June. So they're ramping up that production. In, in this instance, because of COVID, that production was delayed until late July, I understand. So that's going to really impact on that release time. And we can expect then, I still think there'll still there will still be the traditional Apple September event, uh, and that will be to announce the iPhone 12. It's a big announcement because this is the biggest design change of the iPhone since the iPhone 6. Uh, 
you got to remember the iPhone 6, that's six years ago, 2014, when they announced that was the first curved phone after the iPhone 4 and 5. So the 6 had the bigger screen, the 6 Plus. It was a massive change. That was also the year they introduced the Apple Watch, and it was then went into went on sale in 2015. But this is a significant iPhone announcement, and I think they will maintain that September launch window or announcement window, I should say, and then announce the fact that, yes, there'll be probably pre-sales a couple of weeks later, but you might have to wait a month for your device, possibly longer. But uh, this is one I think a lot of customers have been waiting for. I mentioned earlier that it'll be 5G. And for many customers, it'll be their first 5G device. And especially if you're an iPhone user, this this will make 5G official for you. There's, I, don't, I think a lot of customers, especially Apple users, it's not official until Apple does it. And that, that was the same, remember a few years back when they released the iPhone X? With with no home button, and it was the first device, and the iPhone 8 that same year, it was the first device that had wireless charging. And a lot of people were saying to me, wow, what, what about that wireless charging? That's remarkable. And I said to them, um, Samsung's had that for like three years now, so it's not like Apple invented the thing, but they've, it's the first time they've adopted it. And a lot of customers who don't, who don't are unaware of these other brands, they assume that it's the first time it's ever been done. I think a lot of people are going to see consider 5G. They're going to think the same thing about 5G. And now that Apple's doing it, well, it's official. It's real. And Telstra, as I said before, they're banking on that as well. There's a lot of customers who are ready to upgrade. A lot, a lot of people have been asking me, is it worth waiting for this new iPhone? And I say, absolutely it is, because not only is it going to have this new design, it's also going to be 5G. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, the the iPhone 12 itself, uh, I've mentioned in the past, there's probably going to be three different screen sizes. It's pretty much uh, the cat's out of the bag in terms of the design. We've there's pictures on Tech Guide if you want to take a look at what we think it's going to look like. In fact, what we know it's going to look like. Um, but these rumours also to tell us that there'll be th- uh, three screen sizes. There'll be a 5.4 inch, which is called you know good if you don't want a big phone, 5.4 inch. There'll be like a middle size, 6.1 inch. And then the the Pro or the Max, as they called it, will be a 6.7 inch. That'll be the biggest iPhone ever produced because their normal normally their biggest screen has been 6.5 inches. That's that's the phone I go go for. I like a big phone. So the 6.7, it'll be a no-brainer that I'll be taking on that one. Uh, and in terms of the design, of I have on Tech Guide put a picture of what these dummies that have been produced. The 5.4 inch only has two lenses. The 6.1 and the 6.7 both are three lenses. So there's that point of difference. Normally what Apple do is they'll release the 11, like, like what they did last year, they released the 11 and they released the 11 Pro. So the 11 had the two camera system and the 11 Pro had a triple camera system and the 11 Pro was available in two colours. So here what I think they're going to be doing is there'll be an iPhone 12 and then there'll be the iPhone 12 Pro with the triple camera system. Now I don't know whether all of the new iPhone 12s will be 5G I think they will. I don't think it's not like they're withholding a, an extra lens on the camera as a point of difference. I don't think connectivity is going to be a holdout. Apple want the best connectivity for their devices, which is probably why all of the new iPhone 12s and 12 Pros or whatever they're going to call them will all have 5G radios in them. So uh, if you are, no, no matter who you're with, if you're Vodafone, they've got 5G kind of, they've slow rollout from them. Optus is it well into their 5G rollout, and Telstra, as you know, 
are way, they're already a third of the population covered, aiming for 75% by next year. So you can imagine if people adopt this new iPhone, uh, then and they're on near, near if they do have iPhone, oh, sorry, if they've got 5G coverage, then they are going to see the benefits. And I'll bet my bottom dollar that Telstra will go all out to aggressively market. They want they want to own the iPhone 12 5G because of their fi- aggressive 5G rollout. They're going to really go hard uh, to get more customers to switch over to Telstra with the iPhone 12 5G. Um, the design uh, we've spoken about has slightly been uh, changed, less less curve, flatter edges. The three screen sizes we've spoken about. And you've got to remember, Apple's behind in 5G. Like Samsung and Huawei have had 5G devices for a year and a half, uh, as have others. Like there's LG just released a 5G device. Motorola has a 5G device. Um, Oppo, of course, has 5G devices. So Apple's late to the party, but uh, they they don't want to be the, the, the first. They want to be the best. So uh, there will be a lot of customers who will discover 5G if they buy the new iPhone 12. You want to read more about the iPhone 12 and take a look at the designs too. The designs that uh, the flatter look, the the flatter edges, less curve, uh, and how it's all going to be designed. You can see all of that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. Now, if you're after a wire-free camera system, uh, Arlo's probably the leader in Australia. They have a range of wire-free security cameras. They've got the Arlo Pro. They've also got the Arlo Ultra. So the Pro is sort of like quad HD resolution. The Arlo Ultra is 4K resolution. And for, for many customers... While Arlo is a, a comprehensive system, they're available in multiple camera packs. They also come with a base station. It's quite an investment. In fact, if you want to buy uh, an Ultra Pack, for example, it's it's a thousand dollars. It's nine hundred ninety nine bucks. Even the Pro, you're looking at seven nine nine and more and more if you want more cameras. So this this was sort of something that Arlo really considered. Uh, this sort of this barrier to entry for a lot of customers was in fact the price. Uh, and, and there are other competitors out there that are that are trying to attract that customer, whether it's Uniden or Swan or any of these other brands. Arlo didn't want to lose that market share in that entry-level space. And as a result, they've just announced the new Arlo Essential. So this is a new camera with a spotlight that ha- includes full HD videos, so that's 1080p, two-way audio, and it's also got an integrated spotlight with colour night vision and, of course, your motion detection alerts, and that's all for $229. So that's really affordable, Uh, $429 if you want a set of two cameras. So the essential spotlight cameras probably be in store in about a week or two. Uh, I think they're saying September because that's when they know everything will be in the country. But uh, I reckon in a week or two, you're going to see that installed. You're also going to see a review. Uh, this announcement's just been made, but you will see a review on Tech Guide of this new, uh, the Arlo Essential Spotlight camera. But it is uh, an opportunity for a lot of people. I, I do hear from a lot of readers and new listeners who ask me advice on on the wire free, and I recommend Arlo. And full disclosure, they are they are an advertiser on on my Tech Guide website, but they are also the market leader and probably the best the best cameras uh, wire free camera ecosystem I think uh, for people to set up. 
But as I said, that barrier to entry for people was the price. The, it's like when you want to, you'd love to drive a BMW, but you can't afford the 7 Series. You might be able to afford the 1 Series or the 3 Series. This, I think, is Arlo's way of being able to bring you into the ecosystem but at an affordable price. And by that, you, you, you all you need is the camera. There's no need for a base station. The camera will connect directly to your wireless, your wire, wireless network. And you can also add to the system as well. So if you decide down the track you want to get another camera or another two cameras, they will all connect and be part of that ecosystem as well. So it, it, is, it is a nice entry-level device. But let's take a closer look at it. It does have an integrated spotlight. So it's not just a camera. It's got a motion-sensitive light as well that will turn on if it detects motion. So you can either set it to be motion-activated or you can manually turn it on as well. So normally, if you get some intruder on your property, if they see a light suddenly come on, chances are they're going to they're going to turn and hightail it off your property. Uh, it's also got two way audio, and it's it's the full duplex two way audio as well. So you can actually make yourself heard a lot better. So it's less like a walkie talkie and more like a two way conversation. Uh, and again, uh, if you you can talk to someone in front of, who's in front of the camera, and if that person shouldn't be there, you can even ring the siren. There's an, there's a built-in siren you can trigger. Uh, it can be triggered automatically or manually from the app. Uh, so you can, if there's someone who shouldn't be there, they're going to know that in a hurry if you start blast the siren. Uh, it also has color night vision. Now, this is a feature that's, that's normally found in the more expensive models that's now included with this entry-level uh, camera. So that way, you know, previously you see other cameras with night vision and it's just these bright whites and, and it's black and white, basically. What, what Arlo does with the color night vision, with the spotlight involved... It can you can see color in the videos rather than just a black and white picture. So if you're trying to describe an intruder on your property, you, you all you could say before is that oh he was wearing a black top and white pants or the opposite. So, but now you'd be able to see colors. So you say okay he's wearing a red top, blue pants, whatever. It's just a lot easier to identify the colors now, and it's full HD as well. So full high definition. So the detail is pretty good. Full HD. That's 1080p recording and of course weather resistant so you can put it outside it can withstand the rain the heat the sun can be used indoors outdoors whatever you want and you can set it to receive motion uh, alerts as well so you can be sent those alerts directly to your phone when motion is detected it has a rechargeable battery but not a removable rechargeable battery it is you have to take the camera down and plug it in to the cable and to your charger rather than just being able to pop out the camera as you, the battery uh, as you could on the more expensive models as well so that, that's the only thing the difference is you have to take the whole camera down to recharge it rather than just popping out the battery uh, it's also compatible too with Amazon Alexa Google Assistant and uh, IFTT which is if there if this then that which is where you can set routines so for example you might say right if the camera detects movement on the front near the front door turn on the inside light or if you detect motion there i want the spotlight to go on at the same time so uh, all these routines you can program and it will soon have also uh, apple home kit compatibility too i understand uh, it is connect directly to your Wi-Fi, doesn't require the base station. So if you've got an existing Arlo security system, it'll work seamlessly. So if you maybe have an Ultra or a Pro, you might just want a, another spare camera, maybe to keep an eye on your dog or for, to keep an eye on the pantry at home, whatever you want to do. Uh, this, this could be a, a nice option. 
the Arlo Essential Spotlight Camera. It's going to be priced at $229. Keep an eye on Tech Guide for a review in the next week or two. But that's a pretty good price. $429 for a set of two cameras as well. So two cameras for less than $450, and they're Arlo cameras. So I think that's a pretty good deal. Expect to see them in stores in the next little while. But if you want to take a closer look at them, you can see my announcement story on Tech Guide, and a review will follow in a couple of weeks. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our friends at Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe and sound online. We live in a world where we're constantly connected. Uh, Cyber attacks more prevalent than ever. There, There are the phishing scams and ransomware. There are online predators and also big data tracking your every move. Cyber threats are always evolving, which is why Norton has evolved as well. The new Norton 360 gives you next level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. It's available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Leading out the reviews is an interesting product from Intel. Uh, This is a little computer. It's called the NUC. NUC for short, as I called it, the NUC Performance Mini PC. It's a tiny computer that offers massive possibilities. Uh, and this this is a, a, a little PC that will work with your own monitor and your own keyboard. So it's it's really easy to set up. So you're not you're not kind of locked into having an all-in-one. So it's very flexible in that regard. If you've got a monitor already, a mouse, a keyboard, then you're good to go. Uh, so it is a one of those products that is handy. Look, I'll say right off the bat, it's not it's not designed if you're a you're a heavy gamer or if you are like heavily into your video editing, 4K, 8K, this isn't the product for you. I just want to state that up front because uh, the this is more for your casual use. It's for your everyday computing use, uh, for casual gaming. Can be even used as a as a media as a media center for your TV because you can consume content connected to your TV, access all that content if you need to, uh, as well. So th- th- it's it's handy in that regard. So forget having the big tower. This packs in a lot of features. It's quite small too. It's 11.7 centimetres wide, 11.3 centimetres long, and 5.1 centimetres tall. The footprint of this product is smaller than a CD case. So, you know, remember the CD cases? Remember CDs? It, imagine that case, and it's actually, the footprint is actually smaller than that, a little taller, of course, but it takes up less room on your desk than a CD case. And NUC, by the way, stands for Next Unit of Computing. Or do you call it NUC? Do you call it NUC? I don't know. I'll call it NUC. You can call it NUC, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the review unit we had was the uh, was powered by the Intel Core i7 processor. That's a six-core processor. It had 16 gig of RAM, which is expandable to 64 gig, and it also had a 500 gig 2.5-inch SSD drive. That's solid-state drive, and there's also room for expansion on the memory side as well. Now, remember when I said about there being a serious gamer? 
the, the thing that the, the part that this is lacking is a dedicated GPU. It's a graphics processing unit that is lacking here because the GPU is kind of integrated with the main processor. When you, when you want performance for your games and your video editing and that smooth performance, traditionally you, need, you aim for a computer or a laptop that has a dedicated GPU. And that's what makes editing easier, gaming a lot better, uh, also paired with a with a powerful processor. In this instance, though, graphics is integrated into the main processor. So, look, you can still play games. You're just not going to play the latest cutting-edge, high-end games uh, on this particular device. Con Connectivity-wise, plenty to work with here. There's a HDMI 2.1A port. There's a Thunderbolt 3 uh, as well. Three rear USB 3.1 ports a gigabit Ethernet port if you want to connect the internet with a cable, 3.5mm uh, audio jack, two USB 2 uh, via internal. There's two internal USB 2 connections. And there's also a full-size SD card reader on the left edge of the device as well. Uh, the front of the unit is where you'll find the USB-C and a USB 3 port, as well as an audio jack. So you can connect either a microphone or a pair of headphones on uh, and the on button is of course on the front. Uh, it's it's nicely ventilated. There are ventilation grills on left, right, and rear, uh, and at the and top of the the top of the unit can also be removed, so you can open it up to access the motherboard and the expansion slots and ports. And what you don't get, of course, as I mentioned, is the monitor, a keyboard, and a mouse. For our review, we connected the Intel NUC Performance Mini PC to the 27-inch Samsung CT55 curved monitor, which I'm also reviewing. Keep an eye on that in the next few days. The Logitech MX keys and the MX Master 3 mouse. So nice little setup. It's really quick and easy. I connected it with a HDMI cable that came with the monitor, not with the computer. Uh, so that's a pretty smooth connection right there. Now, speaking of monitors, the HDMI port can support up to a 4K monitor at 60 hertz. But the Thunderbolt 3 port, which can do either data transfer at 40 gigabits per second, or if you wanted to, you can support two external 4K 60 hertz displays. So there's that option as well. Uh, the other big thing too, what, what was really cool about this is the Wi-Fi 6 connectivity. Wi-Fi 6, latest Wi-Fi standard, which offers faster throughput, higher capacity. So generally everything's better and faster. It's also got Bluetooth 5.0 on board, so that's a good way of connecting your peripherals, like your keyboard and your mouse. You can, even, you might even want to connect speakers or headphones. You can do that as well. Uh, and the, the the good thing about this is that it, there is a number of ways you can use it because it's so small. It's it's very compact, but you can use it in a variety of ways. One of the ways I mentioned earlier was as a 4K media server, so you could. Put, potentially connect this to your smart TV via a HDMI cable and access all that content, whether it's Netflix or whatever. This could be like your smart media server if you wanted to do that, of course. And look, if you this is a PC that doesn't take up much room. It takes up very little room, uh, and is a it, it's a quite a, it's a niche PC, powerful though, and offers decent performance. But as I said, if you want to play the latest cutting edge games, edit 4K and 8K video, then you will need to look elsewhere. It is pretty sturdy, discreet, uh, and a good good if you want a media server. It's good for your home office, casual gaming. If that's what you're after, then the Intel NUC Performance Mini PC is perfect. It comes with a three-year warranty as well, which is very impressive. 
Price from $1,069, that's for the for pretty much the base model. The model we reviewed, which had the i7 processor, 500 gig storage, 16 gig of RAM, that was $1,249. And look, I think it's very handy. I've been using it for quite a while. I really like it. It's running Windows, of course. Uh, tiny but mighty, I think I've called it in my review. Great solution for everyday computing, consuming content, casual gaming, and just for having a PC. If you need a PC, not a bad choice. If you want to read more about our story, our review, you can check out the Intel NUC at techguide.com.au. Moving along from PCs to earphones, and in particular the Panasonic RZ-S500W noise-cancelling earphones. This is part of a family of headphones and earphones that were recently released by Panasonic. Uh, This is the wire-free noise-cancelling earphones part of Panasonic's new range. Uh, And you've got to remember, Panasonic as a brand, normally associated with TVs, which they don't sell in Australia anymore, unfortunately, but they do still do sell cameras and appliances, but they also have a very rich audio heritage. Not not many people are aware of that. And they are also the brand behind Technics, which is a very well-known audio brand. So they, they know what they're doing. The Panasonic range of earphones, and in particular the RZ-S500W, also prove they know what they're doing because I have reviewed them and I was very impressed. Now, these have an 8mm driver on board and design-wise, they are slightly, they're on the slightly larger side. So if you're looking for something really, really compact, maybe like the Google Pixel Buds, these are slightly bigger, but I think slightly better as well. So that extra size, well, they they don't protrude from your ears too badly. And I think there's a picture of my ears on there. Did I put that in there? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, there it is. There's a picture of my ears, of me wearing one. It doesn't stick out too much. It, it's still slightly bigger than a normal ear, earphone, but it doesn't. it's not like it sticks out what, centimetres out of your ear. It's still pretty discreet. Uh, Fitting-wise, I was surprised, though, because I'm normally a medium. So what, what happens when you buy earphones? They come with a pair of silicon tips installed, which is normally the medium one. And then there's a small, and then there's a large. And in this case, there's actually a small, there's an extra small, mediums of which are on the earphones, and then there's large and extra large if you've got really big ears, uh, or big ear canals, I should say. Now, I'm normally a medium. Now, in this instance, I don't know why, the mediums were a bit snug. So I actually went down to the small size, not extra small, to small and that actually was a bit more of a comfortable fit. So just know that in the box are five sets of ear tips, one that's on it, four that are loose, and it gives you the opportunity, um, gives you the opportunity of running of of having that that really nice fit. Now, um, sound wise, uh, it offers a really finely balanced sound. It's got really generous bass. So that's what I like about it. Where nice balance. And the bass is just right, not 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 too over the top, uh, not too not too weak, but in in the right spot. And mid high levels, nice crisp bass was at the right level without being too in your face. The thing with this though is that it does have an app that allows you to adjust the bass and the sound of voices on if you're listening to like podcasts and and audio books and things. So that 
gives you some control, although I, I tried the bass adjustment, didn't do too much to change the sound. The voices were also all loud and clear the whole time. Uh, there's even an equaliser within the app as well if you want to adjust the sound, but uh, it, it, it sounded pretty good out of the box, to be honest, and, and the, the, the adjustments that we made really weren't drastic. They were very slight. Small change where we sort of tweaked the level of noise cancellation. That's another thing you can do. They say there's 50 levels of adjustment of noise cancellation. I couldn't tell the 50 apart, but apparently they're there. What you can also do is adjust the ambient noise detection as well. So what this does, that triggers the outside microphones. So how it achieves its noise cancellation is with a microphone inside and outside of the earphone. So there's, there's two microphones in each bud. There's a feed-forward noise cancellation and a feedback noise cancellation. So it monitors the sound inside and outside your ear to deliver the right balance. So it's detecting the ambient noise, wanting to, to keep it at a discrete level as well. So it really does that balancing act on the fly with those two microphones that are in each earbud. That is also adjustable, which is good if you, you want to be able to hear a bit of the outside world. And then, of course, if you want to get into ambient mode, it does engage the microphone so that you can hear what's going on around you. Um, not, not much change, as I said, in the adjustment, unless you go from the, the very highest setting to the very lowest setting. That's when you'll notice the most change, but it's pretty small increments. You can adjust it. Uh, it does have an IPX4 rating. So if you you want to wear them in the gym or out on a run or a walk, uh, no risk if you are sweating it up. Slightly lower IPX rating, like IPX7 is normally what's seen on other earphones, but that's not a deal breaker here. The IPX4 rating is fine. Battery-wise, you get about five and a half hours of playback from the earphones uh, before you need to recharge. Uh, and you've got, of course, remember that you have the case, which is an, an average size, not too big, can rest on a flat surface as well, which I like. Uh, and that provides an additional 20 hours of charge as well. Uh, and if you, what we found, if you put the earphones in the case, um, you, you, I think for about 15 minutes, you get an hour of listening. So that's pretty good. If you forget to charge them up the night before, an hour is plenty enough for a run or a gym session. You can also access Alexa, Google, and Siri voice control through the earphones. One thing about the earphones too, um, there is they do have um, touch sensors on the outside that are that are not they're, they're just right in terms of sensitivity. So you just tap it to pause, tap it again to play again. Uh, but what you don't have uh, is the ability. You know, some earphones you take them out of your ears and it detects that stops your music. That's one thing this doesn't have. So if you just remember to pause your music before you take them out, otherwise your music will keep playing. So there is no outside sensor to pause your song before removing them for a short time. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, but in terms of noise cancellation, the quality of the noise cancellation was actually quite impressive. And for, for the this price, these are priced at $349. They're actually at a pretty decent price. So the level of noise cancellation compares with, with uh, the noise cancellation you get from a pair of earphones that are $500 or $400. Yeah, not, not as perfect as those others, but in the same ballpark. And pretty good value, I think, for 349 you're getting noise cancellation and pretty decent audio quality as well. The Panasonic RZ 
500 RZS 500W earphones, 349 bucks. Uh, look, I, I think pretty impressive active noise cancellation, which is normally something you find on more expensive earphones. Uh, the call quality, that's one thing. The call quality, well, the people I was speaking to on the phone said that it was a little bit muffled, not quite, not quite as crystal clear. I could hear them quite clearly, but they couldn't hear me as well. Uh, they, st- I could, they could still hear, understand what I was saying, but in terms of clarity, not quite, not quite there. It's probably one of the weak points of the of the earphones is that the core quality could be a little better. The Panasonic RZS 500W earphones available now and priced at three hundred forty nine bucks. And our review is at techguide.com.au. Now, we're talking about, we don't normally talk electric toothbrushes on the show, but I thought I'd make an exception this time because this is quite a unique product. This is the Waterpick Sonic Fusion. And now this, at first, when you first look at it, you think, yeah, it's an electric toothbrush. I've seen that before. But this is an electric toothbrush, or I should say a sonic toothbrush. It's different to an electric toothbrush, which I'll describe. This is a sonic toothbrush with a difference. Now, this can floss your teeth at the same time and remove 99.9% of plaque while it's at it. That's pretty good. Oral health, uh, as I discovered in the Waterpick briefing, they had the product manager and a, and a dental health expert. Oral health has a lot to do with your overall health. So keeping your mouth healthy and tidy and clean uh, can play a big part in your well-being. So it's important to take care of it. But the thing with this is that it can help you save time but still achieve a high level of cleaning. So if you want to brush your teeth but also floss your teeth, you can do it at the same time. Now, I was always an electric toothbrush user. Uh, Electric has a different, like Sonic is kind of provides a different type of vibration than just an electric toothbrush. In this instance, this is a Sonic toothbrush. So it makes these incredible vibrations that help clean your teeth. But at the same time, it flosses your teeth as well. And how it does it, it uses jets of pressurized water that get between your teeth and are twice as effective as improving your gum health than just using your traditional string floss. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not a big flosser. I I do floss from time to time. But having a product like the Waterpick allows me to floss every day. And I've got to admit, the first time I used the product, I decided, because what you can do, you can choose to either brush your teeth and floss your teeth later, or if you want to save time, you can do both at once. So I thought, let's get into it. Let's dive right in. I, I did the brush and the flossing at the same time. Now, it uses high-pressure water, as I mentioned, and what's, what is included is a little water reservoir that sits on top of the charging unit. So what you need to do is fill that up with warm water. Then you put a bit of toothpaste on the brush, and then away you go. So what you'll feel is not only the vibration of the brush, but you'll also feel these jets of water as you're brushing across your teeth. Now, what the water does, I describe it as like a gurney for your teeth. So imagine using a gurney, you know when you use a gurney between your pavers and you're cleaning up? Imagine that on your teeth. 
and I'm, and it's not doesn't hurt in any way. There is a pressure adjustment on the side. You can adjust from two percent, two to ten of the settings. Um, so what I decided to do, I, I said I went halfway. I started at five, and it felt okay. It didn't hurt at all. Um, and I was able to brush, but also feeling this this water jetting across my teeth. And of course, what what happens is because this water's jetting in your mouth. You need to be washing over the sink because you actually you can't swallow that water. You got to spit it out. So you need to. It's not, it's not the prettiest thing to see, but it boy is it effective. When I was brushing and flossing at the same time, this water I had to spit out, and I notice. I know this may sound gross, but I did notice there was a, some some particles in the water. So it it was effective in not only cleaning my teeth but also flossing and getting rid of that debris that might have been around my teeth. And it didn't hurt at all. Normally when I floss. I, I'm, I use a string and 99 times out of 100, I bleed. My teeth, my gums bleed. Now, I don't know whether that's a sign of something wrong with me, but even when I brush sometimes pretty too hard, that it is, it, I do see some blood. But in this instance, it was actually, I didn't see any blood at all, even when I was brushing and the flossing, because it's using the water, so not actually touching my teeth with a, with a bead of string, uh, I, I saw no blood at all. It was uh, it was really effective, and I could see in the sink uh, the leftovers, the remnants of, of the process, and I could tell just by the particles and stuff that's in the, that was spitting out into the sink that it was uh, working. Sorry to gross you out there, but if better in the sink than in my mouth is what I'm saying. If you that, that's the whole reason you want to floss is to maintain that oral health. Uh, this is uh, this is of exclusive to Shaver Shop, so this is already on sale. It's three hundred and fifty four ninety five. But what price can you put on oral health? You need to have a oral health helps you have better overall health. Is what I learnt from the briefing, and also learnt how to use it. It's also it has a pacer, so there's a thirty second pacer, so you can spend enough time in each quadrant of your mouth. Now, dentists recommend you, you brush for two minutes. So what this does, it sets a timer for 30 seconds. So you're washing a quarter of your mouth, 30 seconds. Pacer goes off, hit the go to the next quarter, and so on until you've done your whole mouth. So two minutes, and you're done. And you're going to have clean teeth and flossed teeth as well. So rather than you, uh, people see flossing, and I was this, I think that's just too much work. I'll, I'll floss every now and again, not every day. With this, you can floss every single day. Uh, and that will help also, as I said at the top, will help remove 99.99% of plaque as well. So removing plaque and flossing and brushing all at the same time uh, adds up to very, very good oral mouth, oral health. Oral is, and mouth means the same thing. So oral health, very important. And those jets of water knock any loose food in around your teeth that your brushing might have missed. Uh, there was a good video they showed us where to demonstrate the effectiveness of the flossing, this this jet of water. What they did was they they brushed, they used a normal brush on a corn cob, like a corn cob had this sort of stuff smeared on the side of it. Brushing sort of rec- got rid of the surface debris, but the brushing is what the, the fusion, the water jet of the flossing really got in between each corn cob and got rid of it. As I said, it's like a gurney for your teeth. Gets into all those nooks and crannies, and you can do that while you're brushing. The Water Pick Sonic Fusion, available exclusive at the Shaver Shop. It's available now and priced at $354.95. And you want to see what it looks like? You can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, if your Wi-Fi is struggling to keep up, uh, are you trying to stream, are you working, gaming, video calling? What about if you're doing all of that at the same time? Well, when you're connected to to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of your house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Thank you, the Tech Guide Help Desk, uh, brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. If you're after a cable, a charger, any kind of accessory, they are the people to see, belkin.com forward slash au. Today on the Help Desk, we're talking about a couple of things. One is an interesting question from a reader who was uh, connected to the NBN in their apartment building, and he said that... Before the NBN, they had a HFC connection to the building. So that's hybrid fiber coaxial. So I basically brought the Foxtel signal into the building. And what he was saying is that that is now, now all changed, that they were, he was getting more than 100 megabits per second down, but, but the, the connection into the building was using the, some of the existing copper connection. So it was fiber to the apartment and then using the existing copper to distribute through the apartments. And his question was, if I, I think Telstra, that was what they were offering for their NBN in his apartment and in the whole building. His question was that if he changed the NBN provider, would they be able to access that, the other existing infrastructure like the HFC? And uh, my answer to that was no, they can't because the provider, NBN providers can only utilize the NBN infrastructure in your property, at your property. So, for example, I'm, I've got fibre to the curb here, um, and if no matter which uh, it, it pr- provider I chose, whether it's Optus or Telstra, Aussie Broadband, whoever, they can only offer me fibre to the curb. I can't go to one and say, listen, I want fibre to the premises. Do, are you going to offer that to me? They'll say no, because what I've got at my place is what I've got. And for me to change that, I've got to apply, I've got to pay money to, for, to get them to consider it. So... That, that's that, that's not the answer, unfortunately. The only solution I offered him was to maybe talk to the strata to maybe put together some kind of uh, application to the NBN to perhaps change that. That's kind of the, the closest they could go, and that cost there would potentially be passed on to the residents as well. Uh, the other question I had was about wire-free security cameras and is it possible to connect a hard drive? Yes, it is. Uh, the Arlo cameras that come with a base station, as the, the Arlo Pro and the Arlo Ultra have a base station, and you can connect an external hard drive to the base station to be able to record, store all your recordings. So, yeah, that was an easy one. You can do that, and we, we mentioned Arlo before. So if you want to keep an eye on all of your security footage, very easy to do with an external hard drive connected to the base station.
And that's the end of our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Everything that we've spoken about, as usual, you can find at techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you as well. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the website. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I'll answer your question as quickly as I can, and it might even end up on the Tech Guide help desk. Uh, We want to give a special shout-out, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs needs and also Norton the company that can keep you and your family safe online please support the sponsors that support the tech guide podcast thank you for listening we look forward to you joining us again next week so until then stay safe and stay connected (laughs) 